All right, y'all, welcome to this episode of Profitology with Perry Jeffries, uh, the podcast where we cover the numbers, systems, and strategies that entrepreneurs need to know in order to generate and maintain profit, not only in their businesses, but also to in their family and their finances. So thanks for joining us today. My name's Perry. Um, known as the Entrepreneur CFO, and I'm the president of Diamond Equity Advisors, a full-service investment advisory firm specializing in cash management for businesses and retirement planning for families. So our company, uh, Diamond Equity Advisors, is known as the Cash Flow Concierge. And what we take pride in is providing our clients with a white glove concierge service around their financial needs. And our vision is we're looking to close the wealth gap one business at a time. And what we mean by that is simply this. Um, recent uh, uh, research has shown that the leading driver of wealth in the United States is now entrepreneurship. And we know that if we can help entrepreneurs provide for their families and create profitable businesses and create wealth, then we can uh, be very intentional about closing that wealth gap. So before we get started, uh, we always like to share a thought of the day. Uh, and just the thought of the day is going to be just, just simply this. It's kind of a reoccurring theme today. Relationships. Um, relationships, relationships. Um, here recently, I had a, 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 a guest say that God's currency is the relationships you put in your life. And that just really resonated with me. Uh, even more so as I think about the guests that we're bringing on today. So um, with that being said, why we're highlighting entrepreneurs uh, on our podcast is because uh, one of our core uh, company values with our business is being an ecosystem engineer. And what that simply means is this. We truly believe that if we help others achieve their goals, that ultimately we'll be fine and be able to uh, achieve a certain quality of life that we're looking to achieve as a company. So with that being said, we were just laser focused for this month and then months moving forward on highlighting our friends, our family, and our clients, because that's, we want to be really intentional about that. So with that being said, um, I had the opportunity to um, uh, welcome a special guest who I think kind of really checks off on all of those as far as, you know, clients, friends, and family. We've been together, um, I don't know, Coach, I think it's been almost 15 years now. We're losing track. I, all I know is we both keep getting older. Uh, but, I believe, <laughs> but I believe it's been about 15 years we've been rocking with each other. So it's uh, my honor and my pleasure to introduce uh, Sylvia Crawley to the show. Coach Seal, how you doing, sis? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we get started, um, I'm going to go through a little bit of your bio. Uh, we, don't, we don't have that much time, but we'll just go really quickly through. So played in the WNBA, has been a sports analyst, um, has coached at the highest level of, uh, of basketball. So, you know, several Division I programs as, as an assistant coach, but also two more importantly as head coaches. Um, you've been in a head coach position looking like I'm seeing here about three different scenarios, right? Um, entrepreneur, real estate investor, just, just you cover a whole lot. But more importantly, I know you have a heart to go because even with your busy schedule, I asked you uh, last year to come speak to a bunch of fourth graders and you showed up and showed out and gave them so many life lessons that we'll just be forever grateful uh, to you for. So with that being said, you know, a ton of accolades that we can go through, you know, coaching, leadership, the whole nine. But uh, with that being said, more importantly, I know you're a sister, you're a friend, and you're just, you know what I'm saying, one of my favorite people in the whole world. So so, so, so blessed and grateful to have you on the show with us. But with that being said, coach, tell us a little bit about, you know, 
who you are, tell us about what you're doing, and then we'll get into, uh, you know, some of your experiences and your journey on this entrepreneurship side. Well, first of all, um, Perry, I think we date back to um, when I was at Ohio University. Is that correct? Yeah, like, uh, like, right. Uh, yeah, was it Ohio U? Even, I think even before Ohio U, because I remember driving down to see a game down there. So it was even before Ohio U. So that must have been around 2008. Okay. 2008. Yeah. We pushing like, we pushing yeah. almost like 20 years. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, it's not a game out here. <laughs> so, yeah, I, um, who am I and what do I do? That's a loaded question. First of all, I'm a child of God. There it is. Um, you know, I understand where my blessings come from. And I'm just, it's so good to, um, you know, just be able to cast your cares on somebody because the things that I've done throughout my lifetime came with an enormous amount of pressure. You know, when you play professional basketball and your job depends on whether or not you make this free throw Mm. And basketball is 80%, over 80% mental, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> you know, that's a lot of pressure. Um, as a coach, you know, it's a lot of pressure on you to everybody in the stands think they know how to do your job better than you, right? <laughs> so they're screaming it out in the stands like, sub, time out, you know. No other profession other than maybe a referee uh -huh. has it harder than that in terms of like the pressure that's on you from an exterior standpoint right yeah. like nobody comes to you in your office and tells you how to do your job right right so um so the ability to have an outlet um a higher power which i call god to be able to cast your cares upon and just keep rolling as if you mm -hmm. didn't miss the last 10 shots you know mm -hmm. um has helped me tremendously over the years so i like to first be introduced as a child of god and then all of my accolades are um a byproduct of that that fact, love it right love it so um yeah i come from a small town steubenville ohio so i'm a you know just kind of small town type of girl but i've lived in some major cities from new york to um shanghai to seoul to <laughs> you know like you name some of the biggest cities in the world like i've lived there before but i always appreciated and preferred to come back to like just small town, small church, very intimate setting because I was very privileged to um, grow up with a real village. So I had people that looked out for me that was just like, you know what, you got a chance to do something with your life and we're not going to let you blow it even if you tried. <laughs> you I know, so that. I, I had some incredible friends that um, just pushed me to be who I was and not doll myself down, dumb myself down. Um, and so, so yeah, um, I, I come from that type of environment, you know, blue collar workers. My parents worked in a steel mill. Mm. My dad worked for Wheeling Pittsburgh Steel Mill. He went to work every day. Didn't matter if he was drunk, <laughs> you know, like they put right. him in the office, let him sober up, and then we sent him, send him to the Coke plant, you know? Yep. So like, there were no days off for us. Like my mm. parents went to work every day. So there was no... I'm sick and I'm gonna stay home from school today. Like you mm -hmm. went to school every day, I have perfect attendance, right? Mm -hmm. So I come from that. I come from that type of grind where you don't work, you don't eat. Mm. So um, that's been a platform, I think, and a foundation for everything that I've done and everything that I do today, 
You know, it's just like, you know, everything you have come from God and you got to work in order to get it. And so that was a great foundation for me to have. But I find in my, in my adult life, some of those mindsets I've had to correct and change mm. because they were stumbling blocks for me as well. So a blessing and a curse type of thing, right? Mm -hmm. Great foundation to have, but in terms of um, working, like whatever you want, you got to work hard for it. Um, later in life, I've learned I have to duplicate myself. Ooh. If I am the CEO and the seamstress and the accountant and the, you know, mm -hmm. everything for my company, which yeah. I grew up like, you want something done right, you got to do it yourself, right? Yeah. Now I have to change that mindset a little bit. Wow. You know, I grew up where I heard terms like, those people are filthy rich, mm -hmm. you know? And so that gave a negative connotation with being rich, you know, mm -hmm. or just, you know, stingy and tightwad and money don't grow on trees and, those are things that I heard, not just my parents, but people in my community say, mm -hmm. and money is the root of all evil, mm -hmm. which is not true. That's not what the Bible says, but the Bible says that the love of money <laughs> is the root of all evil. And so, mm -hmm. um, so the same thing that was a solid foundation to help get me far within whatever career path I was on um, are the same things that I find myself later in life having to tweak and change a little bit in order to get to the next, the next level. So it's almost yeah. like what got me here won't get me there type of thing. Love it. So, um, so yeah, in a nutshell, that's kind of like who I am at the core, at the root. Yeah. Well, well, here's the deal. I'm, 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 I'm trying to keep up with you here. So I'm taking my notes cause you're just dropping uh, all kind of value bombs and gems and value punches just in, in what you're saying here. Uh, so there's a couple things I want to address. So I love the piece, you know, first I want to be introduced as a child of God. Absolutely love that. Um, you know, we won't turn it, we won't, we won't, we won't turn it into a church, but you know what I'm saying? I absolutely love that. You know what I'm saying? And I know that's, that's the core of who you are and, and, and the reason you've been able to impact so many people. Something you led off with talking about the mental pressure of being an athlete, you know, a professional athlete playing like like the highest of highest levels that you can play at. Uh, and also to coaching, you know, 80% being mental. You know, I don't know if I've ever heard an athlete say that 80% of the pressure, you know what I'm saying, 80% of it was, was mental. I want to talk about that a little bit because with us being, both of us being former athletes, me, I didn't play professionally, you know what I'm saying, but you know, I had my little scholarship to go play basketball. With that being said, I believe entrepreneurship is also 80% mental, which you've pretty much have said, you know what I'm saying, with respects to, you know, correctness of mind, your know, mindsets, but the, the foundation that you have. So I'm going to dive a little bit more and kind of unpack this coach as, as far as, you know, the 80% being mental. Uh, and do, do you also see where that kind of carries over in the entrepreneur, entrepreneurship as well? So just kind of tell me your thoughts on that. Well, um, I think, I can just speak for, I think sports, but I'll just say specifically basketball mm -hmm. is um, over 80% mental because you can have all the talent in the world. You can have all the skill in the world, but if you don't believe in yourself, believe that mm -hmm. you can actually execute these things, then mm -hmm. the training and the practices mean nothing. Right. Wow. Um, so I think you got to have a combination of it all, but it's all capped off with confidence. Gotcha. And so um, 
you know, just that's why people trash talk because they're trying to get into your mindset. And I was a huge trash talker. Like I use that me to my too. Me too. <laughs> so, so much, you know, because if you could get into somebody's head, then the, the game is over before it even started. Um, I was one of the few women in the country who could slam dunk. And yeah. that was a huge intimidation factor. Like I weighed a buckle five. So, I mean, mm -hmm. there was nothing I was going to do to like rough you up. Right. But I just, in the warmups, I would dunk just to intimidate the other team. And, and they're like, oh, they're like, oh, Lord. The other team will be lined up at half court. They're supposed to be warming up while we're warming up. They're at half court watching me dunk. You know, at North Carolina, we have four people on our team who could dunk. So we'd line up behind each other and just bam. bam, bam. <laughs> so by the time it got to the jump ball, and I was the center. So I would hear my man saying, you want me to jump ball? And the coach was like, yeah, you yeah. jump. And yeah, I'm that, like, yeah, you. You, you, you going to jump ball with me. <laughs> come on. Come, come get this work. <laughs> I heard him say that. Game with, we might as well not even play the game right now. You know? Yeah. So, and I, and I played with Marion Jones, who was like yeah. super you know, fast, you know, so Olymp, 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 Olympic sprinter, super mega athlete, right? Right. Um, she wasn't the best offensive player when she first started playing because we played her out of position. She played point guard for us, but she's really like a small forward. Okay, yep. she's like five ten, right? Mm -hmm. So we we so defense was her strength when she first started as a freshman at North Carolina. Well, she would rip somebody go score a layup. Nobody could catch her. Mm -hmm. I'd hit the floor. And when I said defense, that meant like, we're going to get a steal. Let's right? We would do some stuff that our coach wouldn't even, somebody would just go trap. We all rotate. And, and so I hit the floor and be like, get them again, Marion. And she picked the girl and go do a layup. Oh. By the third time I hit the floor, the girl would call her own timeout. The point guard would be like, timeout. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like, Getting into the psyche of the other team. The psyche like we, and the mindset. We fed off of that. We fed off of that. And so to this day, I could smell fear miles away. Yeah. I could see it. If, I, if there's a look in your eye and I see it, uh -huh. it's over with. Because now I'm going to turn up the defense on you. Like yeah. we're intensifying that defense times three because we got you right where we want you. Right. Yeah. And so that was the mentality that we had when we stepped out on the court. Um, you know, we like to refer to ourselves as the Fab Five of women's basketball because yeah, no doubt. We had, I mean, white players, black players, all of us were talking trash. You know, yeah. we had a, we had a three point shooter. Oh my goodness! The other team would say, "Don't leave the shooter." She should have turned and be like, "Didn't they tell you not to leave the shooter?" <laughs> Don't leave the shooter. And, and we just crack up running down the court. But all of that was just the mental part of the game. You yeah. Know? Um, and then the reason why I love trash talking so much is because when you talk trash or even just talking on the court, not necessarily trash, if you're talking on defense, if you're talking on offense, your actions have to match your mouth. If you're saying, we saw, we saw, we, blah, 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 you gotta. You gotta cash that check. You yeah, gotta your actions gotta, gotta follow it. You can't talk trash and play like garbage. Right. So I so, would talk. But so, some, people, some people do though. And those, and those, and those, you'd be like, "What are you talking about? Yeah, Go sit down." Rules of trash talking. You can't <laughs> talk trash and play like garbage. So whenever I talk trash, it made me elevate my game to another level. That's how I literally got myself up was just yep. talking trash. Because now it's like, all right, come on, so you got to bring it. Can't be talking trash and out here Man. garbage, you know. So 
Um, and I think when you're talking on defense, you got to do what your body, what your mouth is saying. You know, yeah. you got to be weak side if you're saying weak side. You got to be denying if you're saying deny, deny, ball, 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 ball. Yeah. It makes you a better defender when you're talking. Whether it's you're talking in a positive way or negative way, talking just helps, period. So this is so powerful on so many different levels here. So we're talking about, you know, the sport of basketball, which we both love and, and have devoted so much of our lives to. Um, but that same self-talk and that mental fortitude then flows over, I think, into the personal side, but also, too, into the business side. So with a lot of our listeners on the Profitology podcast, you know, they're looking at you know, how can I improve the profitability of my business or how can I, you know, achieve that wealth or that financial freedom that people are talking about. But in hearing you say this, I didn't realize that I do this, do this myself, that self-talk. And cause you know, that was me, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm good to go. You know, I played under the coach Van Gundy and I remember one game, um, you know, I'm having an okay first half. I may have had like eight points in the first half or whatever the case may be. And the second half we come out and this kid comes down, scores on me and screams at me D up. And it's like a switch kind of, and I think I ran off, I have to look at the article, I ran off maybe like 14 points in two minutes or three minutes. And coach is like, at the end of the game, like, P, what happened? He was out there talking trash, coach. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it just, boom. So I learned, that was my switch. And what I started to learn, even from a business standpoint, was how to flip that switch myself. So instead of having to wait on an exterior uh, stimulus to come in, you flip that switch. So now I find myself doing that with my business, right? Flipping that switch and kind of having that self-talk like, all right, y'all, we got to go out here and this is what we need to do. We need to help people, boom, right? And kind of just that mental piece that you were talking about. So I, I believe that just ties into a lot on the business side as well, coach. Uh, absolutely love that. And, and it's so true. So big note here is the self-talk. So I absolutely love that. Um, Let me can I add one thing right there? Yeah, please, please. Um, I'm big into manifesting. I'm reading a book called Manifest mm. Now. It's my fifth time reading the book. I have and it. You told me about it. I, I have it on my phone. I haven't turned. I haven't hit the play button yet. I have it on my phone, Coach. I promise <laughs> I can show it to you. It's on my phone and my Audible. So I got it teed up. But keep going. Keep going. Manifest Now. So that book is really um, big on affirmations. Like it has... It has like 10 things that you can repeat after the author um, when you're trying to manifest things. And I've used that when I started um, my company, Crawley's Creation. Yeah. But um, so I'm big on manifesting things verbally, like speaking it out loud as if it's already happening. Mm -hmm. The feelings that you feel as it's happening, like putting all that out there, right, yeah. into the atmosphere. But um one of the things that I've transferred from my playing days to being an entrepreneur is um, when I was at North Carolina, we won a national championship with seven tenths on a second left on the clock. We were down by two. Wow. Right? Okay. Now, my dad missed that moment because he said, oh, they lost. I'm going to go get the car so we can beat the traffic. He was gone. Right? <laughs> so when most people think it's over, yeah. my mind, it's not over till it's over. Right. Yeah, yeah. So with seven tenths of a second left on the clock, our coach made the gutsy call to not go for the tie. All we needed was tie to go to overtime. She called a play for my friend Charlotte Smith, who she's my good friend now, but you yeah. know, um, called for her to shoot a three point shot, which she had only made probably made like eight in her whole career. Right. But wow. she was the the last person that people suspected would take the shot. Uh -huh. you know, in terms of the defense. But um, 
she hit a she hit a shot with seven tenths of a second left on the clock. So in my mind, um, and that whole year, let me say this: that whole year, our coach did things at the end of practice, like we played cutthroat, or we we always did like mental toughness drills at the end of practice. And what that taught us was at the end of the game, that's where we we kick it up another notch. Turn up. Whereas most people are like tired and fizzling out, our minds were programmed to like like just go to extra mile and so so to this day okay like with Crowley's creation we made the shift during COVID to make masks and we'll probably yeah. get into that later I, I might yeah. be jumping the gun yeah. but there will be times where the post office closed at five yeah in order for me to get there on time I need to leave my house by at least 4 45 right I live, yeah. I live 15 minutes away from the post office so it could be four o'clock and my mom's like Sue I think you should just take the mask that you got so far and just head to the post office because these last five, four or five masks, you're not going to be able to make in time to get to the post office. I'm like, mom, when it's seven tenths of a second left on the clock, that's where the champion come out. Like, like, I'll get about four masks. It's sometimes it takes me all day to make four, four masks. But when my, when that clock is like ticking, in my mind, it's symbolic of that seven times of a second left on the clock. This is where the champ and me kicks to another level, mom. I'm going, and so I'll go to the post office, get back. My mom's like, "Did you make it?" I'm like, "Of course I made it." She's like, "Did you get those four masks?" I said, "Yeah, I made five. So like to this day, that's the storyline that plays out. That's the self talk that I'm having in the craft room office today. Man, that's absolutely fire that's one of the reasons i love athletics because it's so many lessons we can take from athletics and apply to so much so uh you open up the door so let's talk about it a little bit so i've known you for you know 15 years whatever the case may be we, we, we'll, we'll be pushing 20 here in a second and i know i've always known of the entrepreneurial spirit in you right so you had you know different things you were doing and whatnot everything always aligned with who you were as a person just always admired that about you but here recently you know the Crawley's, the Crawley's creations, you know what I'm saying? That's your newest venture. Tell us a little bit about that and what that is and, and, and why that started. And then we definitely want to get into kind of the pivot because I know a lot of folks listen to this, depending on when they listen to this episode, we're still in the middle of a pandemic here in 2020, right? You know, and so let's talk a little bit about, you know, where the business came from, how it started out, and then a little bit into how you've had to pivot the business here recently. Okay, so, you know, after I played basketball, I transi transitioned into coaching, and while I coached, um, and this is probably what was going on when I played, still now that I think about it, but I always had an outlet. Like, for me, um, ball was life, but I had an outlet, because I think if you... Um, for me, if I just dwelled on the last game and all the things I did wrong and how many points I didn't score, like I needed something to get my mind completely off basketball. So I would come back the next day, refresh, recharge, and ready to go. It was a new day, right? Um, and so I always did like some kind of, when it came to things creative, that was just my hobby. That was, that was my passion. That's what I love to do, even if I didn't get paid doing it. So I would be at home making a prayer stool, or I would paint some pinstripes on the wall and the lines would be perfectly straight. Or yeah. I would make um, an outdoor grill, you know, and I'd post stuff on social media. 
and people or I'll post like a how to make this video Mm-hmm. And people will inbox me and be like, take that down right now. You need to be charging money for that. Like if you charge $65 for that, I'd buy one, you know, or mm-hmm. people would just say, can I send you money and you make me one? I'm like, no, this, I didn't, this is not for sale. This is yeah. for my house. <laughs> I'm just showing you what I'm doing. Yeah. yeah, I'm just, yeah. Me and my friends had a craft night together. We had fun. I just decided to show it, you know? Yeah. And so, so it was just something that, while I was coaching, when I came home, I devote maybe an hour or two, and I do that while I watch Sports Center. I might watch, I might be doing a sky report, watching some film, but I'm like sewing something, sewing some buttons on something. Yeah. So when I um, finished my career as a coach, um, I was my last job was at the University of North Carolina. The head coach retired. Mm-hmm. Um, once a coach retires or resigns or anything, the rest of their staff goes, you know how yeah. that works. Yeah. So it was just like the next logical move for me was to do this full time. So yeah. Crowley's creation was birthed out of that. It was just a hobby, but mm-hmm. I said, Hey, there are people that are willing to pay me. And I kind of did it on the side as I was coaching, people would mm-hmm. pay me to make something, make this, make that, make them some wide leg linen pants, you know? Yeah. Um, so I said, let's, let's take this full time, you know? And so when I did that, it took, um, you know, I went through the whole, get your business license. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you know, get, get, get it incorporated. Get your get, EIN number, all yeah, of that jazz. All of yeah. that stuff. I was like, so you gotta do this right. Cause God can't bless a mess. That's a Ooh. nugget. Ooh, we, we, go, we, we can stop the call right there. We can, we can stop the call right there. But keep going. God, God can't bless them. Let's go bless ahead. Mess, right? um, so get your ducks in a row. Get everything in line. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I rented out office space and we work. So I had a virtual office. I was doing all the administrative work to that. I started my Etsy page, website, all that kind of stuff. And then um, COVID kind of hit. Yeah kind of shortly after that. And it was just like, wow, this is not the best time to start a company. So I immediately applied for the small business loans. Mm -hmm. Um, You had to be in business for at least two years. You had to have employees. I was my my only employee, (laughs) right? So I didn't qualify for that. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't qualify for a stimulus check because I worked at the University of North Carolina before that and I made too much money, right? So I didn't get that. I got denied for unemployment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was just kind of like, I can't catch a break right now. What am I going to do? Yeah. Well, my mom and I were watching TV and they said, if you know how to make clothes, we're asking that you make masks because the University of North Carolina hospitals have run out of masks mm-hmm. and we're, we're looking for volunteers. Mm-hmm. And if that's you, email this address, right? So we mm-hmm. wrote down the email address. We emailed them and then they sent us like a list of things that we had to do, right? Mm -hmm. You had to wash the fabric and dress um, laundry detergent. Yeah. Which you use for newborn babies because you don't know what kind of allergies people are going to have, right? We had to remove them from the washer and dryer with gloves on. We had to make stuff with masks and gloves on. And then we just volunteered and donated them to like some frontline workers at UNC hospitals. Well, then people started hearing that I was doing that and started asking me if they could cash at me to make them some masks. So I'm like, okay, let's recoup the money that we used to, to like donate these masks to the hospital. Let's just recoup mm-hmm. that money back. Mm-hmm. So we started doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, Perry, like it just, everybody needed a mask. They started mandating for, you can't even everybody. go without a mask. So 
I was like, this is unbelievable. Now I'm wanting to make rumpers and dresses and pants and slacks and ties and stuff for men, but we're making masks <laughs> and it's working. So I'm like, all right, let's just roll with it. Yeah. So um, that's kind of where we are. We started doing the head wraps with the mask piece. Um, yeah. We started Father's Day shirts with the mask. We do Father's Day bow ties with a mask and match. Yeah. So now we got to the point where we're like, okay, we can't make masks forever. Like the, eventually uh -huh. COVID will go away. Now I believe it's going to be here for a long time. Yeah. But in the meantime, I've spent the last maybe three months thinking about and actually meeting with you mm -hmm. about how do we turn that corner? Yeah. One of the greatest things I ever did was join your uh, mastermind group. Right. Yay. Small investment, high return. Yeah. In that group, um, I got 360 degree feedback. Yeah. Like put me on the hot spot. We had to sign up. I'm the idiot that signed up for the very first one. <laughs> I'll, I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> I like, had a flashback of like my playing basketball days where there's three volunteers, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we need somebody to hit the free throw. Yeah, I got it. Come on, you'll say, yo, let's go. <laughs> That go-to mentality. <laughs> I was like, I'll do it. And then as it got close time to the the um, meeting, the Zoom meeting, and you had like a little questionnaire we had to fill out. I was thinking like, I need to see some other people do this first. Like, <laughs> I was like, all right, so you out there now? I think I might have texted you and said, Can you, I did, you did, you did, you did, <laughs> Can I you did. Can change next week or you're like, no, nah, it's all right. It's all good. It's going to be fun. Watch. So I got out there and I, I was nervous because I felt like I've just started this company. You have some people that were like six figure trying to become seven figure companies. Yeah. And I wasn't even at the six figure mark, you know? So I was like, mm, I don't even think I belong in this group, <laughs> <laughs> but I did it. And yeah. Had advice to um, do a survey. Yeah. And I did that. I, I went through Survey Monkey. I did a survey and I found out what my true target audience is. Now, yeah. I thought I knew what my target audience is, but the people uh -huh. will tell you what that is. Uh -huh. In the survey, I wanted to know like your income, your occupation, your sex, whether you're male or female. Um, and I found out like, a lot of stuff from that survey and yeah. then i asked them a question what would you like to see crawley creations make in the future Ooh. that way that takes the guessing game out for me because i would make stuff over here and i'd be like oh i'm gonna kill them with this like, yeah, this fire wait, no, wait wait till they see this this right here fire and i post it it'd be crickets like i'm almost like did anybody buy one i'm like no not yeah but they're gonna come they just some people don't look at their facebook first thing in the morning ma you know <laughs> And then other things where I'd be like, I would never wear this, but hey. <laughs> yeah, right. I just put it out there. That's the thing that would blow up. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let me just stop guessing what people want and just ask them what they want. That's it. Another thing that helped me was like, don't try to reinvent the wheel. Like there's nothing mm -hmm. new under the sun. Everything you're nothing doing have, has already been done. Mm -hmm. So figure out who's doing it well. Like I took an Etsy class. Yeah. I don't even, I have a website. I don't even want to go to my website, P, because Etsy is just so dope for me right now. Yeah. But Etsy, you can go on there and, and do a search for like best-selling face mask. Uh -huh. 
uh-huh. or whatever it is you want. Like that sweater you got on, best best selling sweaters. Yeah, they'll pop up. Now you look at what the title of that is. It'll mm. say, it'll say triple layer face mask made in the USA. Mm-hmm. There's something about that title when people are doing a search that theirs pop up first. Boom. Boom. Right? Yep. They're doing something right. So don't try to reinvent the wheel. When I post my mask, I research the top best sellers in whatever it is I'm going to post. Right? Mm-hmm. And then I look at their headings. Yeah. So I either am going to use that heading or find a happy medium within those five, and that yeah. is my heading. You also can do duplicates on, on Etsy. Yeah. So if I post um, Ohio State mask with a heading, I can duplicate that and put a different heading. So no matter what you're searching, it's going to pop up. It's going to pop up. Right? Yeah. So I have clients in Montana. I have clients in like, cities i never even heard of my mom was like how did they find out about your mask i said mom they're doing a search on etsy and they're finding us right yes so it's just bananas but just not reinventing the wheel yeah kind of going kind of going back to what you said earlier about the the duplicating yourself it kind of falls into that same space not inventing the wheel success leaves clues uh something i always share with folks is if it looks if it's if if you can for certain say that this is being you know, it is it, a um, attaining results. Case it, C A S S E. Copy and steal everything, ethically. You know what I'm saying? But if you see like, man, add your flavor to it. You know what I'm saying? For your model and go ahead and run with it. So I absolutely love this coach. This is absolutely fire. So let me do a quick pause because you're dropping so many gems. I just want to make sure that <laughs> listeners are the, the listeners are getting some of this fire here. So. One thing you said uh, for entrepreneurs who are one looking to grow a business, whether they're new or been doing it, you your your mass business the, took off from you and your mom creating masks and donating to the school or to the hospital. That's a fire concept right there that I think a lot of entrepreneurs miss. They come out the gate like, oh, I'm going to make money doing this. This is going to be absolutely phenomenal. Everybody's going to buy this. I saw on Facebook, if I buy, you know what I'm saying, some Facebook ads, I'll make a million dollars a minute and boom, I'm running with it. But they have no, uh, they have no proof of concept. And by you don't donating, you know, your product, because obviously it took you and your mom, y'all had to make time, buy the product, and you donated it on the front end. When you donated it, you got that proof of concept where it's like, yo, these are fire. We want more of these. I think a lot of entrepreneurs miss that when they start growing a business. They had this idea, but they have no proof of proof of product or proof of concept. And and they're hearing people say, well, you know, you got to charge for everything you do. When you come out the gate, you might have to give some stuff away. You know what I'm saying? I've given some services away. I've done some, you know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm going to beta test this and I'm not going to charge you what I think I'm going to charge in the future, but I need to try this out and see if you get some good results. So I don't want to move too quickly past that because that's absolutely fire right there. Um, the next it's thing- Basically, gonna... you got to give to get. You better you tell gotta, it. You got to open up your hands in order to receive more, you know? And so I, I'll never forget, I learned this through Monarch Magazine. Uh-huh. I know we're trying to stay focused on Crowley's creation, but no, no, you're good. You're also good. Go co-founder of a magazine and was part of the grassroots of, of, um, of that. And so what we had to do was because we, we, when we were first starting, no one had heard of Monarch. So we had to get subscribers. So I had a book about 
this okay let me get about this big that had black engineers like national black engineer society national black doctors you know black lawyers black coaches black dentists and so i got in that book they have everybody listed. I called those numbers. I said, hi, we're starting a new magazine called Monarch. Would you, if we sent you two subscriptions, could we list you as a subscriber? They say, yes. All right, here's, here's our subscriber. We got national doctors, we got national dentists, we got NAACP, we got, you know what I mean? Like we got yeah. Rainbow Push, all the black organizations. And now that gave us the leverage to go to Lexus and say, hey, would you like to buy an ad? Because you're These targeting are our subscribers. Audience. Yeah, here's our subscribers. You know, you tar- your target audience is middle-class Black people, right? These are the people who are buying your Lexus trucks. And so we have access to those people. But we had to give those subscriptions out for free. Right. Now we have over 350,000 subscribers. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we had to, we got to start somewhere. Yeah. That's you know what I mean? so it's, it was no different with Crawley's creation with the mask. Like we, we just started volunteering and we perfected our product and doing that. Like they right. email exactly what we needed to do to make these masks like pass inspection. Like they yep. inspected our masks. Right. Yeah. And so now everybody else is like, Oh, they make masks that's good enough for the hospitals. I want her mask. I want her because that's a legit mask. Right. Yeah. So now, Pay $15 for a mask. And I know that's on the high end, but yeah. Etsy's taking a fee. I got to mail them to you first class with a tracking number to make sure you got it. Because if yeah. you don't, now I got to mail out another one. I'm losing money, right? right. right. So there's expenses that you got to pay for the envelopes that I'm sending them in. Mm-hmm. I'm sending you a thank you note in the package. You know, I'm putting, yeah. them, I'm putting the mask in some plastic, all that costs, right? But yeah. I can charge what I think I'm worth because the hospitals thought they were good enough. For their frontline workers and if it's good enough for the frontline workers it's good if, good enough for you going to starbucks which leads into <laughs> some <laughs> right right which leads into another piece you said right here i want to make sure we don't breeze by too quickly here is god won't bless a mess so the deal is understanding and i and it just frustrates me so much when i'm seeing this with entrepreneurs especially on the financial side and things of that nature y'all you gotta get this thing buttoned up but don't don't lean upon your own understanding all the times because sometimes you need to ask advice. So when we kind of looked at, you know, um, you know, you spoke about the mastermind group. What I love about those mastermind groups is that you can condense time frames. You ain't got to try to figure this out on your own. So in one of our mastermind sessions, with you being a hot seat, you mentioned, hey, do a survey. Go to the people who already love your stuff and ask them what would they like to see? What do they like about it? Who are they? And now you can move forward with that whole piece. So if they, if the people who are buying from you already said, yeah, I'm buying a mask from, but yo, I would like to see this next. You already know what you, you already know what to create, right? So you save yourself time, energy, money. Our last guest uh, uh, said this, you know, I was talking about system and he said system for his business stands for save yourself time, energy, and money, right? So I just absolutely love that. But this is where I think a crazy value lies in our conversation, coach. And something I just always admired about you because you were somebody I looked up to. I mean, WNBA, Division One head coach, right? All of these accolades, you know what I'm saying? Multiple businesses, the whole nine. But you are so humble in that you will ask for help. 
I know we have a, almost a two decade relationship, but that's what was the, the power of the mastermind. And I remember before the mastermind, you was kind of hesitant, like, I don't know, P. And I'm like, nah, coach, we need to do this. <laughs> Speak a little bit to that humility as the business, you know what I'm saying, as an entrepreneur and why you sometimes just have to be like, yo, I, I need help with this. Or, you know, put yourself in a situation that's uncomfortable. Speak to that a little bit. Um, that's a loaded question. Uh, <laughs> But I love to ask advice from people who are outside of my field. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to go to people in your field that's doing it and doing it well. Mm -hmm. Like I want to find the leaders and the champions and the people who are great at what they're doing. I'm drawn to greatness. I study greatness. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think you got to have that. But I think you also got to ask people who have nothing to do with your field from day to day maybe a background in it so you don't have to break things all the way down so they, they understand your, your language and all that kind of stuff, but they come with an objective perspective. You know what I mean? Like you're in it, you're in the trenches. So I like to get somebody that, so what your um, mastermind group did for me was it worked wonders because you have people from all different, different yeah. kinds of businesses, right? Yeah. They weren't all in retail like me. So they had some ideas that I hadn't even thought of. So I, I love that, right? But um, the humbleness for me comes from, I think coming from the village that I came from yeah. and understanding that there were people that helped me along the way make it. Like, like I said before, there were people that said, I'm not going to let you blow it even if you try. And I tried several times. <laughs> like I did a lot of like, just dumb stuff when I look back on it. Mm -hmm. But I had some people there that wanted, really wanted me to win, right? And when I did win, when I did get the scholarship, when I did win the national championship, when I did make it to the pros, when I did become, um, when I did become a gold medalist, right? Mm -hmm. I always felt a certain level of um, humility, but almost to a fault. Like I almost felt guilty for my success. Because I knew in my heart of hearts that there were people just as good or better than me who didn't get that opportunity where I come from. Facts. I had some cousins, girl cousins, mm -hmm. that had all brothers, like mm -hmm. straight tomboy ball was really life for them, right? Life, life, for real, yeah. yeah. And, and in a street ball game, they tear me up. In mm -hmm. an organized game, I probably got the best of them but that's because I have more training, yeah. but not more experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. In my mind, they deserve that scholarship just as much as I did. Yeah. I have some friends that once I went to college, I hooped with the guys at my school. Mm -hmm. But I knew guys back in my hometown that could run circles around those guys. They yep. just got the scholarship, right? Yep. So I knew, I knew like there are other people that are better than me. Mm -hmm. Why, why was I chosen? And that, mm -hmm has always kept me humble. And that's, and that's been a blessing to me, but that's also been a curse. A mm. curse because when I got money, I felt guilty for success. I felt guilty for having that money. So I would yeah. usually give it all away and, and then have to start all over again, yeah. right? Yeah. That was a mindset that I had to change yeah. about just myself, you know, yeah. that, that I was worthy of success. I was worthy of money and I wasn't bad and I wasn't, evil for having it you know um that's a mindset change that you have to have but it's also yep. the very thing that keeps me humble and 
asking for help. So I strongly believe in mentorship yet being mentored. Mm. You know what I mean? Say say that again, coach. Mentorship, but also being mentored. Also being mentored. And it's so important for mentors to be mentored because I I have a lot of mentees that I pour a lot of nuggets. Like they'll call me first thing in the morning and they all know now, like don't call me first thing in the morning because this is Mm. when I'm replenishing from my ultimate mentor. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, ma'am. But mentors often give out so much that who's feeding you? You can only take your mentees so far if you're not constantly being fed it's a checking account you know if you're if withdrawals are always being made and no deposits you're going to have insufficient funds and and even from that leadership standpoint if you're going to lead you have to always you have to that's a question i always tell i tell people to ask this hey before you hire a coach ask them who their coach is because you're ultimately going to get what their coach gave them. And if they can't say they have a coach, that's probably a coach that you want to run from. If they can't tell you where they got game from to keep it going. Well, they can only take us so far, right? Feeling Mm -hmm. to where they can take you. But if they're constantly being fed and they're constantly growing and learning as they learn, they're going to pour more into you and you all, right? So I'm a firm believer in that. And I think that comes from me being the youngest in my family, I've been incredibly blessed to have um, the sister and the brother that, you know, I slept in the same bed. I didn't, listen, my old house, I didn't even have a room. <laughs> we we had a two bed, two and a half bedroom house and there were five of us. Wow. So my sister had a bedroom, my brother had a half a room, my parents had their room and I just slept wherever I fell asleep. Like we was <laughs> raining outside and thunder and lightning. I go to my brother's room and be like, can I sleep with you? Yeah, yeah. So, so I had siblings that were 10 and eight years older than me. Yeah. So they were always like blazing a trail for me. Um, things that we didn't learn, they learned it in college and they made sure I got it just so it could be a little bit easier for me. Right. So yeah. I, I started out with mentors right in my home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I had a sister who went to college before I went to college. So I knew to take college prep classes, right? Mm-hmm. Some people are the oldest and they don't know to do those things. They don't right. know you got to apply for school. You can't wait till your senior year. It's too late. But right. I had siblings telling me that, right? Mm-hmm. So once they left the home and once I got older, I still was like seeking that knowledge from other people, you know, yeah. and, in addition to them. Right. So like for me, when I was playing in a league, making thousands of dollars, not millions, but thousands of thousands there. Yeah. Yeah. um, I I, I remember I was excited because I had like forty five thousand dollars in my 401k. And my Uh sister was like, that's it. (laughs) Now, you know, like among my I have friends who played in the league with me that didn't even have a 401k. They're like, "Mm, I need all my check. Right. 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 (laughs) I was proud that I had started mine from day one. I yeah. put the maximum amount in there. I never even knew what a full check felt like from, right. from day one that I worked, right? Yeah. And my sister was like, just shot my Frisbee down, like, <laughs> 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 right? Like, that's it? You playing a WNBA? All you got is 45 <laughs> like, like, still, you ain't doing something right. Big, like, shot, big, big, shot, big shot out to Helen. Big shout out to Helen. <laughs> this is a shark, man, like shark. She constantly shoots my frisbee down, but I need that. I need that yeah. because, you know, everybody around me who I was playing with, I was balling. Yeah. 
But I needed yeah. somebody to like check me to say like, no, that yeah. you you're not doing nothing. And yeah. and my brother was like, you ain't got no real estate. He's like, you don't even have a house. You're just balling. And I'm like, well, I'm not settled yet. Like I'm I'm I played in 16 different countries. So I was like, okay, when I finally settle down and stop playing, then I'm gonna get a house. He's like, then it's gonna be too late. You ain't gonna have no money. <laughs> right. You need some property and then like rent those houses out. That's more strains of income. Mm-hmm. My sister was like, yeah, you got to get some property. Like my family owned a lot of property. I was the weak link on the chain. <laughs> so um, I eventually like on an auction, got my first house. It was okay. an auction going on. My brother took up the auction signs. You know where to say auction now. And as an actor, yeah, yeah. he took the signs up, put them in the back of his car. And I was like, what are you doing? We went to the auction. We were the only ones there. Cost seven thousand five hundred dollars. What big, said, sh- big big shout out to Rex? You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace. You know what I'm saying? Rest, rest in heaven. Big, 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 big shout out. Big shout out to big bro, my frat brother, indeed. <laughs> but he said, um, he said, well, what's what's the if nobody shows up, what's the minimum bid? They said seven thousand five hundred. So the guy was like, okay, we're gonna wait a little bit longer because I know some people are gonna show up. Like he was outside looking down the street, nobody showed up. So he was like, all right, opening bid. My brother hit me, I said, (laughs) he was like going once, going twice. So I even have (laughs) 7,500. I had to go home and like borrow a little bit from everybody. And they was excited that I was getting my first piece of property. So everybody divvied in, I bought the property. It had tenants already in it that did not want me to fix it up because they thought I was going to jack up the rent. So they're like, please, could you just please leave it as is and wow. we'll fix it up. And they fixed it up and they rented it. And that yeah, house yeah, itself yeah. over like 10 times over by the time right. I sold it. Right. But, you know, it was just a matter of um, having mentors that challenged me, like my sister and brother saying, like, you, you, ain't, you think you're doing it? You ain't doing nothing. Like, you need to have this much in your 401k. You should have this much. You shouldn't have that much money in your savings account. What are you doing? What that are you doing with that? For put, you, put, right? put that money to work. Right. Oh, and then goodness. I have people like you that would explain things to me, like stocks and bonds and mutual funds. Like, you explain that to me in my language like broke it down like I was a fifth grader. I could ask you the same question like five times and you did not make me feel stupid for that. <laughs> but I needed that, you know? Yeah. Like I, I've had financial planners at the league, like we were sponsored by different companies, right? Yeah. And you got free financial planning and I would have meetings with them and they would just talk so far over my head and I had no idea what they were saying, but I was too embarrassed to like ask them again, like yeah. the same question until I got it. <laughs> Whereas when I got with you, I felt comfortable, you know, like, can you repeat that one more time? And you would just, you'd be like, you would give me like an analogy where I could get Oh, it. you know, you know, I love analogies. Lord I'm a low-key belly. <laughs> no, 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 don't belly. let my wife hear that because I, I, I gave you for analogies on our first date, but keep going. <laughs> low-key, my favorite movie is Belly. For sure. For sure. You and I both. <laughs> you explain stocks and bonds to me in DMX voice and I got it. <laughs> To the point let's, where let's go get the money. <laughs> this year, you came to me and said, "Yo, coach, you ever think about? I want, I want to hire you. Like, you ever think about being a financial planner?" I'm like, "No, that's not my lane." He was like, "But listen, I think you'd be great at it." Like, yeah. we, our relationship went from the belly conversation. Yeah, for sure, for sure. To you wanting me on the squad. 
And like, we went from me saying, all right, what do you think I should do with my money? Like, what mm -hmm. would you do? And you're like, coach, I can't really say what I would do, but mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. you try to give me advice as best you could. So now when you call me and I'll be like, all right, I want to look at this stock, this stock. Like, I'm uh -huh. telling you now what I want to do. Like, uh -huh. I've come a long way, you know. But oh. that was reaching out to somebody in a field that knew more than I did, you know. Yeah. So you can't be afraid to ask for help, you know. And you Man. can't sit there and silently sink because of pride. Like, I think people don't have mentors because of pride. Which is, cra which is crazy when you think about it because whether we're talking mentorship, coaching, the best of the best always point back and be like but my coach or my mentor like you know you, you, hey when i when somebody wins a hey i want to thank so and so they're thanking their coaches their mentors it's like you know that's what it is so it just always amazes me when folks let pride get in the way from that you know any success i've had is because of mentorship or coaching and that humility to be like yo i want to get better i know i don't know everything i know i have malign spots so who can I go to who can, you know, identify those blind spots and just give me a little something to stop me from turning left when I should be turning right. And that can make all the difference in the world and in everything, you know what I'm saying? Relationships, finance, business, kind of the whole gambit, man. So that's absolutely fire. Coach, I know you, cause we, we've been rocking for a while. We could probably stay on this thing for another two hours and, and, and just kick more fire, but you've covered, you've covered so many, you dropped so many gems on us, but, with everything came back to mindset and mentorship. And I, so leave us, what, what would you tell, um, you know, if you, if, if, to leave the, the young entrepreneur or even not even a young entrepreneur, just an entrepreneur looking to go to the next level. What, 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 what's some, some takeaways or a takeaway that you would want to leave them with? Let's say the biggest thing, and I am still going through this right now with my company, is um, figuring out how to duplicate yourself. Like, like I said earlier, like you can't be the CEO and the secretary and the accountant and, the, you know, like you, you can't yeah. be all of those things because yeah. you only have 24 hours in a day. Yeah. So the minute you learn how to duplicate yourself, like I, I heard you talking the other day with Sasha and she talked about SOPs. Yeah. This is like just putting on paper exactly how you do things mm -hmm. so that you can send this to an, a new person that you're going to hire and say, this is how I made these masks. Like at first I pick out the fabric, I put the interfacing on there, you know, like step by step of what you do. Because um, a lot of people, like Sasha was saying, like there are people that say, Sylvia, I know you're so busy. Like, how can I help you? Can I help you make masks? It's like, no, I'm going to have to teach you how to sew. I don't have time to do that. Like I could have made 20 masks by the time I teach you how to sew. Like I just, <laughs> I felt like I did not have time to teach people how to help me. Yeah. And tell them step by step, like, I need you to kind of already know how to sew. Yeah. Like, I need you to have some sewing common sense so that even if I leave out a detail, you know to just do that, right? right? But really, had I just taken the time out three months ago to train somebody on how <sighs> I make the mask, yeah. I'd be so much far ahead by now, right? Yeah. So you got to duplicate yourself. Like, I'm making how-to videos right now. Yep. Because I need those for my website. Yep. I can put them on my YouTube channel, you know, yep. and things like that. But if I want to hire somebody, I could just send them to my library and say, look, pull out this how-to video, how to, how to make a mask or how to 
you know, how to tie a head wrap, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. And then now they're on board. They're helping me. I can hire them. And, and, I, and, and I've done it one time. Yep. I can hire six people with the same video. Yep. Now you go practice, see if you can do that. Okay, now let's come together and do it together. Then that saves me so much time. So yeah. just learning how to duplicate yourself. And, um, and in the book that we read in your mastermind group mm-hmm. from six to seven figures, yeah. it talked about a six-figure mindset when a new opportunity approaches they're trying to figure out like, okay, how can I do this? Mm-hmm. A seven figure mindset says, okay, who can I assign this to? Right. Clearly I don't have time to do this. Like right. whose assignment is this? Right. Yeah. And so that's delegating. All that's, day. How, that's how they got to have seven figure company because they have mastered duplicating themselves. They're going to yep. delegate it to somebody else to do it. And yep. they stay free to be, creative and come up with new ideas and make the big decisions on behalf of the company. Mm-hmm. That is the key to everything. So that's where we are right now. Carly's creation is to the point where we have come to a crossroad. Like yep. I have to figure out how to duplicate myself. And that's done by SOPs. That's done by how to videos. You, um, you hit me up to loom where yeah. you can record yeah. some stuff on loom. You, if you're not a writer, you can say it and record it. Like yeah. Hey, depending on what your style is, right? Mm-hmm. But um, I, I think that's the key because you're you're limited. You, yeah. you can only do but so much by yourself. Only but only do but so much. And where I've seen you win is one, not only focusing on duplicating yourself, but again going back to just that humility, the ask for help, mentorship, mindset, having that grind. Uh, that you learn from your parents, no days off. A lot of people who don't know my story, I, I grew up throwing papers from the time I was, what, 12 years old to I, even when I came, went to college and came back and my mom took that business over and the paper route is a business where we, where we started off with 33 papers, coach, end up going to almost close to 800, right? Had kids in the neighborhood and the thing about the paper route, ain't no days off. Every day, you know what I'm saying? Christmas, folks want that Christmas paper. Folks want that Thanksgiving. <laughs> that just get themselves, right? So a couple of things here, just crazy gems you dropped on us. No days off, um, you know, the mentorship. Uh, but, uh, but I think what really, what I wrote around here is seven-tenths of a second, right? It ain't over till it's over. And develop mental toughness at the end of it. Right. You know, saying that last quarter, we're in the fourth quarter of the year and I can't think of a better takeaway or lesson to share with people. It's like, hey, this is fourth quarter. Play this thing out hard. You know, saying get your systems in place, find that mentor, find that coach and position yourself to win for 2021 because 2020 has been tough. Uh, And we've learned a lot of lessons and, and have to make a lot of pivots in our business as well. But your your mindset around seven tenths of a second sums up everything coach and you just done a phenomenal job and just thank you for joining us so but a couple uh, before we leave how do people contact you if they want to get you know uh on the on the crawley's creations mailing list or what what's the best way for people to follow you contact you because we want to make sure that people go and support because that's what we do here at diamond equity advisors being an ecosystem engineer we absolutely love our clients we absolutely love our friends and our family and we want to make because we can honestly say that we work with good people, right? 
And that's what I love about our small uh, uh, book of clients is that we know all of them intimately. I know their hearts and anybody we put in front of you guys is just, just, just understand they are great people. So how can people follow you and support you? Um, my brand is very consistent. So on IG, Facebook, um, Etsy, um, my webpage, everything is, you either got to put an at sign in front of it, depending on the social media stream, but it's Crawley's creation. So got that's it. on Facebook, that's on IG, Etsy, my, um, my website, Crawley with an apostrophe S creation. That's how you can got find it. me. And then it lists my phone number and email and how you can get in touch with me. Email is sylvia at crawleyscreation.com. So, um, so yeah, I am accessible. We do custom stuff. Um, we have some stuff already posted on site, a lot of variety. Um, and I will say that COVID helped me. COVID really helped me because, because I'm so talented at anything creative. I had a hard time like honing in on one thing. And I had this conversation with you. You're like, coach, you're doing a fashion, you're doing an interior design. Like, what is it that you're, what's your niche? And I was like, I, I, I reject people that try to put me in a box. <laughs> you know, it's just like, and I found out that I'm from like Cameroon, um, Bioko Island in Africa, and, and which is on the border of Nigeria. And people from those tribes are wired to do multiple things. So once I figured that out, I'm like, that's why I'm like that. Like I'm uh -huh. wired that way. That's how my people are, right? Yeah, so no I doubt. never would let people put me in a box and make me do one thing, right? Mm -hmm. But COVID hit. And when COVID hit, I couldn't do interior decorations at people's house because people weren't letting you in their house. It's COVID. Social right. distancing, right? Yeah. Nobody was buying dresses and, and jumpsuits because they were trying you to ain't going out, nowhere. Like, where yeah. the dog can pass at? Where, where the pajamas at? <laughs> going nowhere. And we don't know what's going to happen with our money. So we're not spending it right now, right? Yeah. And so COVID made us focus on masks. Yeah. Nothing else. Like I would try to do like nope. mask, yeah. right? So it just made me zoom in and master something, yeah. right? And then from that, is spend off to shirts with a mask, a jacket yeah. with a mask, a dress yeah. with a mask, Head but it's wrapped. masks. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So I would say like the biggest thing that I learned from COVID and the biggest blessing really was it just made me focus on one thing. Yeah, That's for fine. once in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but that focus on that one thing now has been allowed you to build on everything else, and again, yeah. that's absolutely fire. And now, now I can do other things, but you got to start somewhere. Like yeah. it just can't be so broad. And that was hard for me to grasp. It really yeah. was. Um, and now I got it. I had to get it. I have no, no. choice. <laughs> yeah, we, we, and we rocking and rolling. So good. Well, well, coach, you already know I love you to death. Thank you so much for blessing the podcast with so many gems. Uh, anybody listening to this, please share this. Uh, uh, coach Carly uh, has shared so much with us, so many different gems around mindset, mentorship. And remember, you know, you play, you play to the buzzer sound, seven tenths of a second. You can win a championship in seven tenths of a second. And with this being the fourth quarter of one of the hardest years that we've been, uh, that we've experienced, um, you know, collectively um, as a country and as a people, you know, don't stop. You know what I'm saying? Don't stop. 
push all the way, you know, seven tenths of a second. That's what's going to resonate with me. Um, I'm not going to go get it as a tattoo, uh, but it's going <laughs> to, but it's definitely imprinted in my mind, coach. So thank you for that. So hey, everybody, thank you for joining us for this next for this episode. Be sure to go to PerryJeffries.com. Uh, where you can find some of our additional content, uh, the videos, visit our YouTube, uh, as well as Instagram and things of that nature. And Coach, again, thank you for joining us and blessing us with that word today. We just really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. All right, cool. Talk to you soon.